What's better than one oncologist? Two. What's better than one oncologist? Two. What is better than one oncologist? Two. Hi, I'm Dr. Finifolu Balogun. Hi, I'm Dr. Oninye Balogun. We are the OncDocs. Cancer is rising worldwide, and it's nearly impossible to find someone who has not been affected by this disease. This podcast is dedicated to sharing the stories of those affected by cancer and educating the general public about this disease. On the previous episode of the OncDocs, we heard the story of Zion, the son of Jamie and Kazje Yamoa, who died due to a rare type of cancer called atypical teratoid rhabdoid tumor, or ATRT. On part two of our conversation with them, we talk about what the death of their child inspired them to do next. Victory. We shout victory, we shout victory over her grave. Victory, we shout victory, we shout victory. So I'll pick up from that memory, that moment in time that we treasured. Um, to deciding to create those moments for other families. So as Kashe explained, you know, we, we realized there was a need in the community, especially for children with medical conditions. Um, but my heart just personally before I even had children was for special needs. I became a teacher in the special needs um, arena and there was just such a great need there and my heart always broke for children who were outside of the margins, you know, that needed that extra special attention or that one-on-one or that smaller setting. And so whenever Zion was going through his battle, I looked at us and I said, you have the oncologist and the special needs teacher. I mean, this kid is gonna make it. He's gonna have everything that he needs with his mom and dad. And, you know, it didn't go that way, but we do use those specialties to continue to um, just reach out to the kids that are in situations like Zion that are fighting big, hard battles. And so Zion passed July um, a few weeks later, which when we look back, is completely mind-blowing that it happened so quickly. But God birthed this dream in our hearts to start out of Zion. And it was um, initially a seed that was planted, um, Kashtay's generous co-workers reached out to him and said, we want to um, do something for you guys. We want to make a monetary donation to something of your choice. What would you like in Zion's memory? Would you like a bench? Would you like a, you know, research Mm -hmm. money? Or what would you like to do? And that's one such a blessing that we we always have to share in the story because they were such a part of that foundation. Mm -hmm. And we looked at each other and said, You know, it's the people, it's the kids. We want to do a program. That's what's going to live on for us. You know, a statue is great and and it's wonderful to do 
things like that. But for us, it's the people. And so we started to write down notes about what it would be. And we knew it had to be the arts. It had to be creative arts. These are the things that brought Zion joy in his journey and made him come alive, truly. So we um, we thought about some of the things we did in our, our background. Um, Kashe did a lot of singing, playing instruments and drama, and I did a lot of teaching. So we thought, okay, well, we just need a couple of people to help us to bring together a dance class, an art class, a drama class. Um, and then we'll have them perform. So they'll perform on stage, just like Zion did. Mm -hmm. And then we'll, we'll also do something for research. So these were just the beginning seeds of how we, we saw it happening. But lo and behold, I mean, people came out of the woodwork to make this vision happen, and mostly teenagers, which was just so refreshing for us. We um, were able to partner with a local creative arts school here in Tampa that um, brought some fresh insights, some, some teenagers who had been, you know, studying the arts for their all their life and you know they came along and said oh we can teach that's easy we can do that we can make these lessons so together we started to form um, this creative arts program for children with medical and special needs so we would you know target the, our lessons to meet the needs of children who maybe couldn't move the same way mobility issues or couldn't learn the same way cognitive issues you know just tailor our lessons to fit their needs and make it as as low-key but but so special and so memorable for the parents and so we had our first session only six months after zion passed mm. our very first session was six months to the day mm. of his passing and then we did our summer program which became a year after so we had two programs that first year and and a, a giant event in new york mm called Superhero Day NYC. We commemorated Zion's birthday. He would have been um, five years old that year. And um, we started the Superhero Day with our family in New York. So we're here in Florida, but all of our family is still in New York. So they came out and we had a big superhero party and invited children from the hospitals. And we continue to do that to this day. So now we are four years. Yeah, we are four years into our program. Um, continuing to do the local Tampa-based creative arts program and the Superhero Day um, in New York and other cities, it's growing. Um, and then two years into it, so from 2017, 2018, on, in 2019, we felt it's time to now launch our um, ATRT initiative. And it had a few yeah. different names in the process, yeah. but we landed on Hope for ATRT. And that program was um, always there from the very beginning in our hearts. We knew we are in a position to raise awareness and raise funds for ATRT research. And we felt compelled to make a difference in this area because we walked that path and we knew how difficult it is and how isolating it is and how lonely you feel when you're told your child has a rare brain tumor. And I say rare with air quotes because it's no longer rare once you're in that world and you start meeting other people and you you hear these stories it, it it just can't be called rare anymore this people are going through this people are are facing this and and just because it's so called rare doesn't mean that we don't pay attention or put money towards it and so you know everything that we hope for is that 
ATRT would no longer be called for. This prognosis wouldn't be um, just so grim. And so um, our tagline for Hope for ATRT is um, directing resources and research to families in the fight. And so at this point in time, we have um, almost 100 families that we are connected with throughout the world and the United States right. um, that are going through this diagnosis or their children have um, unfortunately passed away. And so we continue to curate um, resources for them um, for those different parts of the journey, right. whether it's the time of diagnosis, post-treatment, or they are bereaved. Um, and so we we didn't we didn't anticipate how big it would be but we're here we're here for the work suddenly the sun refused to shine then suddenly the wind began to blow so hard in a little while lightning and thunder began to roll. So as Hope for ATT, uh, Hope for HRT continues to uh, really really being the research entity of Adozion. Adozion continues in the local um, Tampa Bay area in Central Florida and Hope for HRT is really serving the greater community. Uh, we recognize that obviously that the Hope for HRT initiative, as um, you, you know, is, uh, is capital intensive in terms of being able to fund research. And so we've, we've had multiple partners. We've had partnerships with organizations that may not be focusing on ATRT specifically, but with our uh, laser focus on ATRT is partner with them to channel some resources towards that as we also match funds. So we raise funds to match with other organizations to really push the work forward. And we've had, you know, uh, collaborations with uh, CBTN out of CHOP in, in Philadelphia. We've had uh, collaborations with St. Bartridge, um, with um, Beat, Beat uh, the, dream, uh, the Stand Up the Cancer Dream Team as well, uh, with, with, with a pediatric focus there, with a, a, a group in Stanford. And, and we also, we support, we've also had collaborations with the um, Beat Childhood Cancer Network, BTC. And these collaborations are all um, spearheading ATRT-specific research and allowing that, that there will be a focus on that and bring awareness and we, we, we become disease champions to allow that to go forward. And so that's really thriving. I, I, I sit on some of the um, meetings just to have, uh, be a, a parent, parent advocate really, but being an oncologist, I'm able to understand what's going on, uh, but just making sure that you know, they, uh, we're able to see where, almost taking a grassroots approach and saying that where is the best research, where is the best ideas, where are the best clinical trials going, and how can we raise awareness, how can we raise funds to support that and change the narrative. Because 50 years ago, leukemia had the same prognosis as, as ATRT, and today it's 90-plus percent uh, uh, cure rate. So, so we want that to be the story. 50 years um, later, I want to be able to look at my daughter's real and say, yes, you remember? Yeah, that's, that's not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she, as, she was just barely 60 months, but she walked a journey with us. Zoeal was walked each step of the way. She has her own memories of her, her big brother, and she, she agrees with us. And obviously, she's a, Zoe's, <laughs> you know, like, like she's just been that, mm-hmm. that life that brings us joy and her personality and her, her, her love for her. For, for her brother and also her involvement in our Zion. I mean, she, she, she's totally involved with us as a family. So it's, it's nice to see 
and, you know, head driving, because sometimes that, that becomes my biggest concern that, you know, as parents, we want that, the best for our children. And when we don't want our children to hurt or to grieve and w- watching Zoe actually be that blessing for us, you know, is, has been, has been uh, very humbling um, that, you know, the child will lead them. And indeed she's led us. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, you know, for anyone who finds themselves in this situation with the loss of a child, um, you know, it's, it's an unimaginable path. It is, there's no word for it. You know, it, losing a child, it, it's the wrong order. It's the wrong order. You should, no one should ever have to bury their child. My heart is for them. I see them. I feel their pain. Um, and there is no manual for it. There is no right way to go through it. Everyone's journey with grief looks completely different, and that is completely okay. Some things that have been helpful for us is, you know, having a support system, having, whether it's through a church or it's through a family bond that you cultivate and you, you know, it's not easy sometimes, especially when you're grieving to open up to people. Um, but even if it's just one person that you feel safe with outside of your spouse, cause mm-hmm. he needs a person and I need a person and, um, it's helpful to have that and to, to make sure that you don't lose that because when you isolate, it does not help the situation in any way. And so we actually attended a grief retreat for um, child loss specifically, and that was um, really a life-changing experience. To this day, we talk about some of the things we learned on that retreat. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a personal journey and, and everyone goes through it very differently, but Find the support and and look for the resources because they are there. Sometimes they're hard to find, but um, don't go it alone. Even for Jimmy and myself, we we both grieve differently. Mm -hmm. And there are times where she's down and I'm not up, but level, let's put it that way. <laughs> and there are times where she's level and I'm down. And there are times where we go through seasons where rather than coming together, we are pulling away from each other because it's almost like we remind each, each other of our pain, right? And and you're looking for an escape, but you can't find it, you know, it's one of them. But the thing that is important is to recognize that if even for couples to recognize that you need each other to walk that journey the worst thing is to allow that grief to pull you apart because that's that's a tendency that can happen and rather you got to push through that it's almost like you have to relearn each other and that's a very very important lesson that we both learned that we thought we knew each other but we had to relearn each other because grief changes everything don't expect the same person because now things that there's a life-changing event that will alter things you can call it ptsd you can call it trauma what you can label it whatever you want but that has its toll and recognizing that and being humble and being 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 willing to learn and relearn i think really really helps a couple really go through and 
thank God we're able to really humbly submit to each other and figure out where things are different, how we can really begin to navigate this new journey together. And that's something that I wanted to just add. words are hard to there I I meant to save this till the end but um I think you and I didn't get a chance to talk much but I like to think I'm someone who has a deep faith in God and uh I don't think things happen by accident you know I feel I I am praying that God will just use whatever this is to further what you guys are are trying to do. I hope I hope I can be a part of it because what you're doing is phenomenal. Um, and it's interesting that because I was going to ask you about it because how you guys managed to stay together because it pulls so many people apart and and you're a dynamic couple, you know, you're you're amazing and I'm just gonna continue to lift you both up in prayer because this is phenomenal. How, how do you, six months after your son dies, birth something new, you know? I mean, was there something in your final moment and days with Zion, what were those like? You know, were there promises made? What did you say to him? It was actually a long time on hospice with Zion. It wasn't... Um, it wasn't short at all. I mean, by the end of May, we were contacting hospice for them to give us some support at home. Um, and that's where we began to really know that the ship wasn't going to be turned around. Um, so from that point until the time he passed, it was actually about seven weeks. So that was a very long time. I know now, then I didn't know, but you know, little by little, he was less and less responsive. Um, so in that period of seven weeks, we had his birthday party. We weren't sure if he was going to reach his, you know, fourth birthday. Um, and we were just trying to be present with him as much as possible. We were not leaving his side every day throughout those mm -hmm. seven weeks. And there was a time where we actually tried to tell him that, you know, the doctor's they don't know what to do anymore. It's only Jesus, you know? And, and we felt like we wanted to give it a try because we had been pretty protective mm -hmm. of him, you know, not necessarily knowing that mm -hmm. the cancer word, I mean, I couldn't even say it. I couldn't even utter the word. Um, but when we explained it to him, you know, we asked him, like, do you understand what daddy's saying? He said, no. So we just thought, you know what, God is protecting him from knowing the details of this, and that's okay. We don't have to force extra knowledge upon him that he's not ready for. Um, and so it was smooth. I mean, it was, it was fairly peaceful mm -hmm. through those long days and long nights. Um, so no real promises made. I mean, just cherishing him, cherishing his every detail you know, in those last days. Mm -hmm. um, anything to add? 
Yeah, for me personally, I you know I, I. There is this. You will go through times where we meet. We go through very hard times, and we want to make sense of it. And I, I, I was done trying to make sense of it. All I knew was that I could trust the goodness of God. Yeah. That even though my circumstances looks very much like nothing good, that that doesn't define God's character. Um. And that was a resolute faith that saw me through personally that I can hold on to him and not and dissociate this terrible, terrible. Because what hurt my heart was more of the, the innocence of Zion mm-hmm. and the battle that he was going through and the almost like unfairness of that. Whereby, you know, as an adult oncologist, I'm like, you smoked for 50 years and you got problems. Okay, deal with it. I mean, you know, this is life. And not in that way, but in the comparison of the things that we could have done, whether knowingly or unknowingly, to get to a place in your, you know, in your, in your life where you have something impact you versus a child who, and by the way, when they did the, the genetic testing, he had no, not, no, somatic, uh, no germline mutations either. So we couldn't even understand, like this was in, inherited. So then what? Like you just wonder what happened? What, what, the more you try to seek the answers, the more frustrated you get because there's no answer for something like that. And yet it's, like, it's happened to one of the sweetest boys that you, know, you can ever meet. And, and in his innocence, you know, wondering, God, where are you? Where are you? I mean, when you, when you punish evil, we understand it. When you reward good, we understand it. When you, when such terrible things happen to innocent people, we can't, we can't explain that, right? But all we can do is to trust that you are a good God, even in the midst of a falling world and of sin and all that, of disease, we can trust that you are a good God. And for me, that's what kept me going in my faith in God, that, that it will maintain on that solid foundation in spite of that severe pain that at one point I felt like, you know, like an elephant sitting on your chest. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like I felt like I had a constriction, physical manifestation of grief. Um, and um, I didn't know if I was personally going to make it because the stress and the grief was just incredibly painful. And so it wasn't like a desire to do something. <laughs> it wasn't none of that. I think part of, part of it was trying to be in a place of obedience, right? To say, God, I don't have any energy for any of this. I don't, even, I don't even want any energy for any of this. I just want to be by myself. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be, I don't talk to nobody. I don't want to call nobody. I don't want to see nobody's face. I don't even want to listen to the most favorite songs I like. I don't want to hear anyone speaking, period. I mean, I will listen to classical music and listen to, I just want to hear anyone talking. Don't try to encourage me. I am in the dumpster. I'm in the pits and I like it there. Okay. Leave me alone. And, and that's, that's, in some ways, that was kind of in the initial stages after his passing, that's how I felt. And, and yet, obedience was one of the things that I, I always learned that was important for me. So when my, my colleagues came to me and said, we want to do something for Zion, I said, okay, you know what? I can't say no. But it's definitely not a bench. <laughs> so, so if it's not a bench and I can't say no, then maybe it's 
whatever I can help somebody else. That was kind of the, 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 the almost like the, the natural best thing you can give. It wasn't, it wasn't, I don't think we were like this inspired couple. It was more like, what's the next best thing that we can do? The next thing that we can do. It was one step in front of the next, not knowing what the next day was going to look like, not knowing what the next week was going to look like. And so we just got referred to this amazing uh, theater school and we shared the vision in the way we thought we could at that point in that vulnerable state, maybe two weeks later or something like that. And she burst into tears, just like open her doors wide open, that come and use it as you want. And so now we felt like there were doors that were opening and all we needed to do was just walk in it effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And I thank God that he made it that way because without that, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I didn't have the energy. We didn't have the energy. We didn't have it in us. And so I think God just opened doors for us and all we had to do was just walk in it, just walk. And that's how it came to be. Wow. When you were describing what you were describing, I was just like, yes, yes, we've, you know. Um, so two last questions. You mentioned that you went through a number of name iterations. Um, mm -hmm. And I just wondered, you know, there were some things you said, right? Kaji, when you were talking, you said, just give me a glimmer of hope, right? And I'd like to hear some of those name iterations and also to understand, like, how did you choose Zion's name? Because I saw that Psalm 50 verse 2. There seems to be a connection. I haven't made it, but I'm trying to, I'd like to understand more. Yeah. So for Zion's name, um, it was interesting. We, we actually knew we loved the name Zoe first. We knew that Zoe was right. gonna be our daughter's name whenever we had this unknown daughter. <laughs> and so we kind of got on the Z, Z train with Zoe and we found out our firstborn was gonna be a boy. And so we had a couple of different Z options and um, there were some special like moments where the name Zion and the understanding of the meaning of the name just kind of pointed to it and made us feel so strongly that this child's name should be Zion. So he was named prior to his birth. Um, and the meaning of, of Zion is the, the presence of God, the place where people meet God. Um, and so it really, he lived out his name in every sense. Um, his name and his personhood um, brought people to the Lord and, and the presence of God was felt in Zion's company. And, and you know, the, 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 the out of Zion, the name out of Zion was because we, we actually have read, you know, this verse before in, in that time, but it never really stuck out to us that way. Psalm 50 verse 2, that out of Zion, perfection of beauty, God shines forth. And I think that once we read it, it just it said, that's it. It has to be out of Zion. That, because Zion physically was no more. But out of his story, out of his life, out of his testimony, out of his journey, the perfection of beauty, God will show, shine forth and show something. That's where we thought God will shine. Our uh, gala and our fundraiser is called Shine Perfect Beauty because, and it kind of puts everything together that, you know, the fact that we, we think perfection is everything is in order, but we see God shines perfection through what man will call imperfection. That's how, you know, you know the, 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 I started to go back to the songs that led me through some of the trials 
and, and work through the Journey to Zion album because it was really two part, the journey, my journey to Zion, right? In hopes that one day I'll return to meet with Zion in heaven becomes that journey towards God. And so that's kind of how that whole project began. And little by little, just, you know, spending some you know, late nights in the studio after work and some weekends and just really working through these songs. And each song has, has, has its own story and behind it that really led to the completion of that project that, that felt like a, a masterpiece that was really a way of healing and pouring out my heart to the process. And that was, uh, you know, almost about a year after right, when we were kind of working through that before it all became, um, it was, you know, uh, published in 2019. His name has always been a, a component of everything that we, we've talked about so far. And I think that specific name and the organizational name really lives, lives, lives out in that process of really seeing beauty come out of a lot of mm-hmm. uh, um, tragedy. Yeah. That, and then to tie in um, the, the name hope. of Hope for ATRT, um, you know, we weren't sure what, you know, we wanted to call it. We weren't sure if we wanted to incorporate Zion's name again. So we were thinking Zion Trust, the Zion Trust Foundation, you know, just something along those lines. Um, and we, we were always allocating funds, even from the beginning, to this this unknown unnamed foundation <laughs> because it was always so important to us that that would be part of our mission. But as we were forming it and looking for a website domain, we thought about Out of Zion and what we provide through Out of Zion, and we always said this, we provide hope through the arts. And so Out of Zion is hope through the arts. And at Hope for ATRT, it's really still hope. It's hope through the research and the resources. And so the number four was important, and we wanted it to be the number four and not the word four, um, because our Zion, he lived until he was four. And so it's very symbolic for us that we would keep the number four and it would be red because that's his favorite color. Mm. So we have the, the hope for ATRT logo has some, uh, yes, a couple of, um, a couple of, of little nods in there. So the hope for ATRT logo is a yellow and gray square with the word hope. And underneath the hope is a red number four and the letters ATRT next to it. Um, it has gold because childhood cancer is um, the the ribbon for childhood cancer is gold, um, and then for brain tumor awareness, mm. it's gray. So our logo has both of those colors. It's kind of going from gray to gold. So we're hoping that you know these gray skies will turn gold and beautiful for these families, and that they would find hope through the resources that we're providing. Mm. So much, honestly, so much inspiration. Um, so the last question I have for each of you is, I know you told me about his singing, but um, what is your, if each of you can tell me your favorite memory of Zion beyond the concert, or if it's the concert, then we'll leave it at the concert, yeah. but your favorite memory um, of him. Um, For me, um, I was reflecting on this question earlier. Um, Zion as a big brother is really just such a treasured memory for me. Um, When we brought home his baby sister, um, she was, we didn't know the gender. We wanted to be surprised. And um, when we got a little baby girl, we were all just over the moon with her. 
and Zion was too. And, you know, he was only 18 months. They were 18 months apart. So, you know, you just don't know what to expect. Is he going to, you know, like the baby? Is he going to accept the baby? Is he going to, you know, have some regression? But he just, he jumped right into that big brother role and just enjoyed holding her and kissing her and doing anything for her. I mean, it was, it was really special and really sweet. And the memories that I have of the two of them together, um, just are the most precious you know when when he first held her she mm -hmm. had the hiccups we were able to capture that and the laughter the pure just amusement at his baby sister while holding her was just yeah. the best and, and obviously that you know that's one of my my favorites as well and another one to add to it was you know i'm a soccer fan and zion had a kick he had a good kick he had his hand-eye coordination. I'm like, man! <laughs> and I remember he and I would play a little soccer and he was spot on. Uh, he would he will drop the ball and have a kick and he would put it where he wants it to go. It was incredible. I mean, I I was stunned. I'm like, man, and we we'll just have so much fun. And I miss that, you know? I miss that. For more information on Hope for ATRT, please visit their website at www.hope4atrt.org. Again, that's www.hope4atrt.org. For more information about our podcasts, visit our website, www.theonconcdocs.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple. And if you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple. This podcast was produced by Steve A. Williams. I am Dr. Unifolu Balogun. And I am Dr. Onyinye Balogun. And, and we, we are, are the Onc Docs. Docs.